So welcome to Linden Alliance. We are so happy you're here with us this morning. Uh, the kids can go to Sunday school. I want to start with that before I forget. I love that. Yes, kids excited. I wish my kids are that excited when I say, go and clean your room. And go, yes, I'm going to clean my room. <laughs> Keep praying for me. Um, but yeah, the kids can go to Sunday school. And uh, I just want to tell you, um, uh, Luke has been uh, working with the kids through the summer. And it's been such a, a, a huge blessing. You say, who is Luke? It's a summer student that we have. Um, and... And the reason you don't see him here now is because he's with the kids. But make sure uh, after the service when he's come, he's very quiet, but make sure you say thank you. Uh, and every Sunday he's working with the kids. And also thank you so much for giving to uh, Linden Alliance. When you give to our church, you allowed us to uh, take care of ministries like Sunday school, youth, and, and, um, and as the, the youth are planning for the next season, it's so good that, to know that when you give to, to our church, you allowed us to do ministry in our community and also in our church. So thank you so much. And if you don't know how to give, um, in the front of your seat, there's envelopes. You can put cash there, you, and there's boxes in the back. But also you can send an e-transfer to donation at lindanalliance.com. And if you love technology, I think that is the easiest way to do it. But thank you so much for giving to our church. The last couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Alec started a sermon series uh, called uh, uh, Where Are You? Oh, are You There, God? <laughs> it's like, Where Are You, God? <laughs> I should know this better. I did a study, though, just saying. Um, and, uh, and, and this idea that sometimes we have this crisis in our life, um, and we ask ourselves, Where are you, God? Why, where are you in this situation? Can you speak to me? And, and we're going to continue today in this series, uh, Are You There, God? And maybe this is a constantly question that we ask ourselves. Are you there, God? Are you there in this situation? And I don't know if this happened to you, but sometimes when we ask this question, we, we receive mixed signals. And we are, sometimes we get confused. And something that looks very good, maybe it's not what God wants in our life. And then it's that moment we start to question, doubt come to our life. And, uh, and actually, we, the enemy used the doubt and used these moments to, to bring confusion to our life. And we get these mixed signals. We get messages from the enemy. And just like a phone call, just like a phone call, have you ever... You're at church, so you cannot lie. <laughs> Have you ever? <laughs> you receive a phone call, and you're like, ah, I'm not going to answer this one. That one. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Thank you. That couldn't be planned. That's a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you receive the phone call. And then you, it's someone that you don't want to talk. It's someone that you have a, a, some kind of issues like, oh, no, this phone. I don't want to talk to that person. But then technology right now have uh, allowed in your phone to see 
uh, somebody's calling you, and it's a weird number. Uh, most of your smartphones will say, uh, uh, don't trust this number, or say spam call. And you know they want to buy something from you, <laughs> or they want to offer something, you know, this is not real. And uh, I have answered sometime these um, phone calls, and they, and they start, the Canadian government is calling you. <laughs> You're like, okay, your visa have expired. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh no, I see my visa, because I'm still, I'm not Canadian. If, I know it's obvious, I know it's very obvious, but I'm not a citizen. A lot of people ask me, are you a citizen? No, I'm not, I'm just a resident. I have a permanent resident. And, uh, and, and, and I said, no, your visa have expired. And I'm thinking, ah, I know. And I said, block and spam. Do not answer. But sometimes we don't have this ability. And you know people who follow through these phone calls and, and they get a scam and something happened. And sometimes we don't all have the ability to block this phone call, to block this wrong message from the enemy in our life. And it creates big issues in our life. The spam call, something we should block. Psalm 46, 11 say this, and I love this psalm. It says, God is a refuge and a strength, always ready to help us in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of the day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious, uh, the glorious work of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes war to end through, throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and it's not the spear. He burns the shield with fire. And I love this part. And be still and know that I'm God. And I will be honored by every nation. And I will be honored through the world. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And the reason I read the whole psalm is because there's so much context. There's so much going on. And, it, and it's, this is a song uh, written a long time ago. And it was based on, on this, uh, something, an event that happened in Second Chronicle 2. And what is happening in Jerusalem is like the people from Jerusalem, they're surrounded by three big armies. And they have declared war to Jerusalem. And this is a, it's a song of praise for what God did in their life. They're praising God. But it's how you find difficult and hard to praise God when you know you're surrounded. When we know the outcome, when we know what happened, like, oh, you praise you, Jesus. You're so good. You've been so good to me. 
But when we are surrounded by chaos, it's like, where are you, God? Right? Where are you, God? What? I'm praying to you. I'm saying stuff to you. You're not answered to me. Where are you, God? Are you there, God? And we get these mixed signals. And this is exactly what has happened to the people in Jerusalem. They were surrounded by three big armies. And, and, and the song and come to remind the people of Israel of historical events. And they talk about creation. And they talk about remember how God delivered you from the Red Sea and the Egypt. And it's taken back to remember events where the people of Jerusalem, people of Israel were delivered and free from the enemy. And this is, I need to stop right here. Because one thing that God is always is asking from us is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And, and this is an area that I would say most of us, at one point in our Christian life, we have a struggle. Because we see the outcome. We see that we are surrounded. We see the three armies coming. We see they're going to attack. We see there's going to be destruction. And God is saying, do, do you trust me? Do you trust me? But God, see what's going to happen? They're going to throw a, a spear and we're going to get hurt and this is going to happen. And God's saying, do you trust me? I'm the God of army. I, I, I'm here with you. I, I'm here with the people. Do you, do you trust me? And this is something that not just in the Bible we see it happening in the struggling people in Jerusalem, Israel. We see it with, with the disciples. We see it in our life. We know people that struggle like this. It's very common. The first part, verse 1 and 3, is a psalm speaking to the, he's a refuge in our, in our storm. God is a refuge and a strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. I love this part. Because if you're going through a hard time in your life, I want you to remember the first verses. He's always ready to help. To help in times of trouble. What it would be so much easier to say, is always willing to make that event not to happen. Because that's how we pray. Um, God, I have a test tomorrow. I pray that the school is on fire so I don't have to do the test. <laughs> right? And you're like, okay, I'm going to fast for this event. You go to the school. The school is still there. You, you know, you go to the class hoping that at one point the alarm is going to happen because I pray this. <laughs> and you go and teachers giving those papers and they're like, this is condemnation. This, this is sin. This is bad. <laughs> and you're like, God, I have prayed for this. But you still have to do the test. You still have to go through it. And then you still have to wait for the result. And, and, and they, maybe it will be, you fail. <laughs> but I pray, God. It's not how it works. I wish it can be like that so many times. 
but he, he say, I will help you to go through it. We're still surrounded by enemies, but you are my refuge. I know where to go in time of trouble. Uh, verse 4 to 7, when chaos, chaos is around us, God will protect us. When we're surrounded, I have to trust that, that, that God will protect our life. Will protect you, will have control over my situation. It's not I who is fighting this, it's God. That's right. So the, the author of this psalm is trying to remind people, God is with us. God will speak to us. He will take care of us. And this is very important because it's, it's remembering. Remember when we were in, the, in, in Egypt and they were coming to kill us? Who delivered us from the enemy? God. When we're walking in the desert, who protects us? Who feeds us? Who takes care of us every single day? God. And you think that now because we are surrounded by enemies, God will not protect us? No, he will take care of us. And then we arrive to verse 10. And I love this verse because this verse have a lot of meaning, personal meaning to me. But when you know everything is going on, when you see that you're surrounded, when you see there's problems, life is not going like you want it to be. You have seen the result of some of your own personal decisions. You have seen their chaos. You see that, you know, I don't have the strength to fight. I cannot do this anymore. Have you ever been in those situations? Probably you are right now. And you know what I'm talking about. And you say, where are you, God? And God say, and now, knowing that I'm taking care of you, knowing that what is happening, remembering that I'm being with you in every single situation in your life in the past, be still and know that I am God. He's not saying, be still and know that I will protect you. Be still and know that I, I will give you all, everything you ask me. Be still that I know I am God. I will take care of you. I will provide for you. I will bring restoration. Even if the outcome is not what you're hoping for, I'm God. Be still. I will be with you. And I say, the reason I say this because it has a personal meaning to me. A lot of you heard last week, I shared with the congregation that I will be stepping down in my position as a lead pastor. And if you're here for the first time, you didn't know, you should open your email. No. <laughs> but if you're here for the first time, I'm sorry. But I, and, and I will tell you a little bit more of this process. What this word, be still and know that I'm God, what it means so much to me in this context. And I, I was sharing to a few people, those who are coming to the office, I've been sharing a little bit of my journey on this process. But it was about one year ago, uh, Paki was still with us working, and I'm here at the church. And I remember at that time, we were going some kind of issue in the church. And I'm here, I came to the sanctuary, and I'm walking around, and I'm praying for... for where I think you sit, I might make a mistake from one 
line forward or back. But I say, oh, okay, they sit here and I pray for you guys, pray for your family. And then at one point, I, I stop, start to pray for the church, for, for what has been going at the time. And uh, as I'm, I was praying, I feel God is saying, Jorge, your season, your time is coming to an end here. And I said, but, 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 but God. And I stop and I stay quiet. And after I was praying in that, I feel God is saying, be still. Because my question were, when? Where? Why? That was my response. I wasn't more like, yes, Jesus, speak to me right now. I'm ready. I, I, I wish. But it wasn't like that. I was confused. I have thousands of questions. And I'm saying, okay, God. And you know, I don't know if you don't know this about me, but I'm, I think I'm an extrovert. I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> and be still, it's not an easy task for me. That means I have to stay there and not move. And stay quiet. Have you ever seen a pastor being quiet? Never. And then God starts to speak to me. And Paki, come. And he told me what is going on, and I, I shared with him a little bit. And he shared that he was in the same process. And a month later, he, he gave notice, and, and he moved on. And, then, and it wasn't that process. I said, still, I didn't pray often on this. And about six months later, God took us, myself and my, my, my family, through a really difficult time, very difficult season. And my answer to God was, where are you, God? Where are you? I have done everything you asked me to do. And now this? I'm struggling my family. Things are going very difficult. And, and, and God keeps saying, be still. And I went to read this psalm, and it makes sense because it goes back to what God has done in the past. And it's easy to stay still when you know and you have experienced God's power in your life. You have experienced his healing. You have experienced that he will take care of you. And I know a lot of you have been very nice to me and say, we'll miss you and all that. But I, I went, as soon as I told the board, and there was a few months ago, uh, the, there was a lot of question at the time, too. And, but I, I'm so thankful for, for our church because they, they, they pray with me, they encourage me, uh, and it's been a, such a good place. I'm so blessed to have such a uh, man of God working with me in the board. And some people say, is something the church? They, no, nothing. I, I said, to, this decision for me to make has been very difficult, but I have to trust that God will take care of Linden, but also in my life. I, do I have questions? Tons of them. Do I know what, how things are going to I have no idea. But I do trust because I have seen it in the past. Be still and know.
that I am God. Invite me for a coffee and I'll tell you more. <laughs> Have you ever read the book, The Five Languages of Love? It's an older book. It's one of my favorite books when it comes to talk to couples. And I say in this book, the author uh, said everyone has love language. One is physical touch. Don't get weird. Physical touch. <laughs> Words of affirmations. Like, you did good, so good. Thank you so much for coming. You're so awesome. Kind of that gift. When you give a gift to something, not like, hey, here's a house for you. No, no, like small stuff, you know, gift. Service. I love to serve in the community, serve people. Come, I'll give you coffee, you know, serve. And also um, quality time. And, and he developed this idea, we'll have this, one, one of these one, and they're top two. And if you give this love language, that's how you, you manage as the same way you receive it. And I think on this context about God, love language, and I think one of the, his love languages is trust. Do you trust me? And I think that summary everything about Christian life. We know that God loves us, but then is, do you trust me? Do you trust me with the outcome? Do you trust me that I will be there? Do you trust me? I bet you're saying, yes, God, I trust you. But let's do a reality check. Do we, though? When sickness comes and knocks our door, and we get news of cancer or, or bad disease or bad, something bad, and, and we get overwhelmed with emotion, and we prayed, and God is not doing what we're asking. And then we have somebody say, oh, probably you did something really, really bad. God is really upset with you. That have nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. And God give you a word of encouragement in that situation. And all you got is, God, this is in your hand. I trust you. I trust you that you will do something. In John chapter 11, there's a story here, very cool. And it described the, the story of Lazarus. Probably you heard of this story. And it started like this. Verse 1. A, name, a man named Lazarus was sick. Okay. He lived in Bethany with his sister, Mary, and Martha. This is the Mary who later, that's chapter 12, who later poured that expensive perfume in the Lord's feet and wiped them with, with her hair. But that haven't happened yet. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So, the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick, is very sick. Go and tell the messenger, and go and tell him your friend is sick. Jesus have spent time with them, meals, and maybe take some selfies. I don't know. Hey, now eating cookies, uh, 
came to Sunday, Sunday, or, you know, like, all, all good things, laughing, spend time with them. And they know that Jesus has the power to heal. So he's dying and said, go and tell Jesus. Jesus said, no, no, uh, we're, we're doing something here. I'm, I'm, this is my version of it, so um, we're not going, not yet. And uh, Jesus said, no, no, he's sleeping. And the disciple is quite interesting. The disciples say, Lord, verse 12, he said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. And they threw out, uh, they threw Jesus, I mean, Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So Jesus told them plainly, straight, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. What? What? I'm glad that I wasn't there? What Jesus are we talking about here? I'm confused. Your friend is sick. You're going to wait. And now he said he's sleeping. No, he's dead. And then you say, I'm glad that I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. And say, come, let's go and see him. You know all the mixed signals going on here? Spam calls, confusion. And Thomas, <laughs> I love Thomas. Because they are like, Jesus, if we go there, they're going to kill us. Last time they throw rocks at, at us. And they're like mean. They're really mean. They want to kill us. It's going to be bad. And Thomas, I think he was a little bit sarcastic when he said this. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. I don't think he was really, Jesus, let's go together. Okay, let's go. Now we're going to die. Mixed signals. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes we read these mixed signals and we really go down. The first request is, Help. Help me, Jesus. But Jesus, wait. Sound like a mixed signal to me. But the outcome was the Lazarus rose from the dead. So he go to the city. Martha come. Now he's not welcome him at his home. He come to the gate. I think he, she was a little bit upset. The morning, he's been a few days, already dead. And they have this conversation. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise when everyone else rise at the last day. She just assumed there's nothing else to be done. But also, it was a tradition. When somebody died, they will keep them for three days because... Maybe they will come back alive. But day number four, this is when Jesus arrived. Oh, there's no hope. Nothing happened. So now they had the hope that eventually one day 
they will rise all together. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And I, I, I stopped there, and Jesus knew. And then, verse 35, they go to the graveyard. And you, if you want to memorize a Bible verse, verse 35 is the one for you. It's very profound. And it is. And then Jesus wept. And they showed the humanity of Jesus. Even though he knows what is going to happen next. Do you trust me? And all this is about trust. I'm going to wait. Something's going to happen. Do you trust me? I, I'm going to finish with this and then we're going to move to, to the baptism. And, uh, but I want to tell you this. is, uh, Do you trust me? Do you trust me that I'm going to move. Do you trust me that I'm in your side? Do you trust me at the outcome? Even then, people are, the disciples who have spent time with, with Jesus have, um, what is going on here? He, he's dead. He's not going to move. Even then, in that moment, trying to tell this picture, so you get the idea. If you go, you receive a mixed signal, it's Okay. But remember, who voice you are listening? And God is, and Jesus stand up, they move the the the, the rock, and and uh, and Jesus called, Lazarus, come out. What? He's dead. What? That that's not gonna work. What are the chances? Do you trust me? You know what? We all have this Lazarus moment in our life. We have a situation that seems impossible that will happen. We have a situation that seems there's no way God will move in my favor. We all have a Lazarus moment that we are like, I have prayed and Jesus has an answer. I have asked and nothing had happened. But then Jesus come and show. Do you trust me? And as we go and move forward as a church, and as you move forward in your own personal life, my invitation is, do you trust God? Because church is not just about singing together and how Paki will say, singing kumbaya and be happy. And you know, you know, it's, 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 it's not about that. And oh, church is so nice. People are so nice. But the reality is we're going to go back home to our sickness. We're going to go back home to our problem. We're going to get into the car and all the stuff that I don't want to do this anymore. It's still there. When I go home and you want to see your husband, your wife, and you are in an abusive relationship, you're like, I cannot take this anymore. And you see this guy standing out in the front saying, you know what God is just asking you is, do you trust me? 
I hear what you're saying. But I do have a hard time believing that. And that is the gospel right there. And that's what we're going to experience in a few more moments. Is that we believe that Jesus died for us on the cross for all our sin. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is in our sight. He's the one who fight our fight. So therefore, when I'm sitting in the car thinking, I cannot do this. But I do remember what Jesus has done in my life. Even though now I'm weak. Even though now I have no strength, I cannot fight. Even though now I don't know how the future is going to look like. I do know that God is with me. And I want you to know that if you have received Jesus in your life, His presence dwells in you. And you know that He is in you. So I call out to that Lazarus. And the power of the resurrections take over. And I say, yes, the impossible just happened. You're not going to believe what happened to my life. Uh, Donna, I want to share this. Donna went for surgery. She's dealing with cancer. And they, they, they went for surgery, and we were praying for her. And as we were texting and said, how are you doing? And she said, you know, I left the hospital. I took an, an Advil. <laughs> and it was expired. <laughs> but I have no pain. And I can hear God saying, be still. And no, do you trust me? So whatever you're going through today, Whatever is that difficult, I know you're praying and you're asking God, can you help me? My son, my daughter is going through a difficult time. I'm dealing with this addiction and I, I try, I try, I try and I fail and I fail. Can we say, God, we trust you? God, you, I know you are with me. I know you are with our church. I know you're leading us. I know you are with us. God, we trust you. So, Heavenly Father, we want to say amen to you. That your promises are real. The promises are true. God, we have no idea how the future looks like. I know we're going to go home to our own personal chaos. How I'm going to survive? How I'm going to buy this? How I'm going to provide? I have knocked all the doors and nothing and nothing is happening. God, today we stand up and we say we choose to trust you. You are the Lord of our life. You are the one who is in control in everything in our life. We choose to trust you. Be still and know. So even we are surrounded by enemies, we know that you are with us. Thank you so much, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for you are being our Savior and taking care of us. We honor you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.